The following message is a presentation from Grace Baptist Church in Kettering, Ohio. I want to bring us to the road, uh, the road to Emmaus, where Jesus is talking to uh, these two disciples. Remember, after he uh, rose from the dead, he's on their way. They didn't realize who they're talking to. And in Luke 24, uh, he says this to them, Luke 24 and verse number 25. And we'll read down um, through verse number 32. Are you there? All right, Luke 24 and verse number 25. He says, Then he, Jesus, said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. How would you like to have that said to you? O fools. You know, it's like, oh, man, that's quite a rebuke. But remember, when Jesus rebukes, he, he is doing it from a heart of love because he wants us to get it. He says, O fools, slow of heart. You, you, you're not catching it. Ought not, verse 26, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now, don't miss that verse. That is an incredibly important verse. Uh, I love the Psalms. I love reading them. They're, they're encouragement. Uh, they, they speak to me in, in a very, very unique way. And I imagine for you, too. If you're down, if you're discouraged, or if you just need to be encouraged in the Lord, the Psalms have a way of ministering to your heart because they're music. They're, they were the, the, the Hebrew psalm book. But Jesus says right in here that it was even in the Psalms that the, um, the words uh, spoke about him. And they drew nigh, uh, and in verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning him. And they drew nigh unto the village whither. Uh, they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat down and meet with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And, he, uh, and they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures did not our heart burn in us like was it not just ignited and what a wonderful thing to think about Jesus Christ revealing himself in all of scripture not just in part of it not just in the law not just in the gospels but the whole the whole bit of it let's pray father thank you for this opportunity to open up your word tonight and we do pray that you would show us how that your your word is not just a, a, a group of stories put together inside of one binding, but it is about one specific individual, not being you. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us tonight about your grand story and that you would instruct us. Thank you for our church family, though we're meeting uh, in all different places tonight, uh, online and here. Lord, I pray that you would bless us and help us to continue to keep our eyes on you. No matter what goes on in our lives, no matter uh, what troubles we face, I pray that we keep our eyes on you. Help us to uh, remember what you told us in Hebrews, to keep our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, and uh, so that we might run our patience with joy and with patience. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
So biblically literate uh, is, is, is something for all of us. We all want to be growing in our understanding of Scripture, and we all want to be able to grow in it so that we can teach it and help others. This helps us in our own reading, in our own study, in our own listening to preaching when we're in different parts of the Bible to learn, uh, know how it fits in uh, with uh, other parts of the Bible. But it helps us as we communicate. If you disciple somebody, if you're talking to your kids, your grandkids, or to uh, a person on the street, it helps us to be able to communicate the Word of God. And so we come to this question, this central question tonight, that we want to answer, and I doubt we're going to get all through this tonight, but what is the Bible essentially about? What is the Bible essentially about? And I, I know our, our, our answer is going to be Jesus, and, and we understand that, and, uh, and I hope to be able to prove that tonight. But what is the Bible essentially about? When you think about this, um, if you've walked through a forest, I remember uh, being up in Wisconsin as a teenager, with, uh, we go up there um, from about three weeks out of the year to spend time with my, uh, my grandmother, and that was our vacation each year. And we'd go through what was called the Kettle Moraine State Park that had some mountain bike trails. That's something us boys like to do with our dad, and we did mountain biking. And uh, we'd go through, and there was a specific part that is very locked in my mind of going through these pine trees. Have you ever been inside of a pine forest and you know the wind blowing through. But when you're in the middle of that, I mean, it's, it's rows and rows and rows of pine trees, right? And uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of amazing as you look down there, but you, all you see is trees, and you see trunks of trees. That's all you see. But if you were to take a drone with a camera or take a, a, a plane above all that, you'd see a very different picture. You'd see how this fits in with the, the road system and, you know, and the, how, this, how this all you know, works together. But down in the trees, all you see is the trees. And in reality, many times we get down into the, um, the verses of Scripture and all we see is the trees of Scripture. But when you zoom out, you see a very different view. What is the whole story about? What is the whole forest about? How does it work into the, the, into the greater area? And so it's so important to understand what the whole story uh, is about. Uh, there was a Scottish philosopher uh, by the name of McIntyre, and he wrote, maybe you've heard of it, After Virtue. Uh, and he, uh, he shares a story in there that illustrates this, that, that it is necessary to have a story in order to understand the meaning of something. And he shares the story of being at a, a, a bus stop and, 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 and just imagine a, a young man coming up and saying this. He says, the, the name of the common wild duck is, is uh, Hieronicus, Hieronicus, Hieronicus. And I'm like, what in the world are you saying? Like, the name of the, the common book is Hieronicus, Hieronicus, Hieron what, are, what are you saying? And uh, your mind begins to spin, what, what is this guy? Uh, well, maybe he's mentally ill and just you know, kind of spitting off you know, a weird sentence. And that would kind of explain it. Or you know, perhaps he was in the library yesterday and someone asked him what the Latin uh, word was or the Latin name was for uh, the uh, wild common duck. And uh, he thought you were the person that asked him that and he mistaked you for that person. So he's, he's letting you in on this now. Maybe that would explain the uh, thing. Or perhaps he's a foreign spy. There's a foreign spy, and this is the code uh, sentence to, to um, uh, figure out if you're the person he's supposed to link up with. And maybe that would explain the story. But regardless, without a story, that sentence makes no sense. His actions make no sense. And a story is so important to having a meaning. Uh, and without that story, there is no meaning. And in the same way, the way that you might respond at that bus stop to that person without knowing the story, uh, it's going to determine the way that you would respond. 
in the same way without knowing the story of Scripture and who it's about is going to change the way that you and I respond to life, to the, the events of life, to the hardships, the relationships, the struggles of life without knowing the story, without knowing what it's all about. Matthew 5 and verse number 17 says this, Jesus saying, Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. You know, some people look at, well, Jesus' teachings seem to be in such contradiction. No, he says, think not that I've come in to, uh, to destroy the law of the prophets. I've come, uh, I've come not to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth uh, pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So what is Jesus saying? Hey, I'm, I'm the fulfillment of this. It, it's, it's all coming down to me. I, it's not going to pass away until all be fulfilled. And so when we miss what the Bible is essentially about, we misread the message of the Bible. So I, I remember, just speaking personally, I remember, and I, I think I've told you this before, when I, I, when I began to study the Bible, especially in college, when I began to see that the whole Bible... It really pointed toward the gospel and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I began to realize that the Old Testament and the New Testament were not these, these, these uh, two different books that, that, weren't, that, that, that they didn't have connection to each other, but it all weaved in one beautiful story, it really helped me begin to understand the Bible. And I've told you over and over uh, about how that God was trying uh, through Israel to, to bring about this, uh, help them to be the light that would bring his truth to all the nations. And, and when they failed at that, he began to work through the church and how all the, these things synthesized together uh, into one beautiful story in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing. And so it's important we understand what the Bible is essentially about. Let's run through some, uh, some things maybe that are not new to you. But let's run through some things about what the Bible is not. What the Bible is not. First of all, let's think about this. The Bible is, uh, is not essentially a book of instruction on moral behavior. Some people look at it that way. I go here to, uh, for it to tell me what to do and what not to do. That's all it is. In fact, many people in the world think of it as just that. Uh, it, and, and in fact, I was talking to a newer believer this week, and they, they said that the conception is that in order to come to Christ, I have to stop this, this, and this, and this, right? You run across people like that, they feel like they have to reform their lives in order to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is not essentially a book of, of, of instruction about moral behavior. The Bible is, is not essentially a manual for a virtue and self-improvement. There's a lot of self-improvement books, aren't there? You do this and you'll, you'll have more time in the world. Gain back 10 hours in your week if you simply do this. Uh, if you do this, uh, you're, uh, you'll, uh, you'll lose the, those pounds you've been wanting to lose. You'll, you'll, you'll feel better. You'll feel grand. If you do that, all these self-improvement. The Bible is not essentially a book about self-improvement. The Bible is not essentially a book about judgment, wrath, or punishment. Are there not many that feel that way? They look... Oh, God, God is just a God that is just frowning. I asked a person yesterday, what is your view of God? When you think of God, what is your view of God? Do you think of a vindictive God, a, a someone who's just poised and ready to, to pounce on you and to judge you? Some people look at it that way, but the Bible is not essentially, though there is judgment. And there's messages of judgment in the Bible. It's not essentially a book about wrath judgment and punishment it's not essentially a book of rules and guidelines for acceptance with God though it tells us how to be right with God 
It's not essentially that. That's not what its whole point is. There are rules, and people will look at it in that way, that, oh, it's just a list of undos and don'ts, but that's not essentially the message of the Bible. It isn't essentially a book of inspiring and heroic stories. Though I'll tell you, there's some pretty amazing stories in the, in the Word of God. It's amazing when you begin to think, and I, my heart soars when I read through the book of Acts and see all the, the heroic stories. And we're reading through the book of Acts in, uh, in chapter, uh, uh, chapter 14 today. I was uh, listening to it and reading through it, and it just really strikes me how Paul gets stoned in Lystra, and then just a few verses later, after he leaves the city and the Lord raising him from the dead, I don't know how that worked. I look forward to understanding that in heaven. And, uh, and how that Paul goes right back into the um, this city after, I don't know, maybe a, a month or so, and confirms the believers there. Like, you know, yeah, listen, man, they stoned you in that city. And he goes back right into the city. You think about the story about Samson and how that in the end of his life, though he strayed from God, in the end of his life, he took down more Philistines than, than at all other points in his life. And these amazing stories throughout the Bible. But essentially, it is not a book of inspiring heroic stories. In fact, uh, think about how that the, the Bible is very honest about the characters it portrays very honest. Uh, again, I was having a conversation with a, a newer believer this week about just that subject, how God, God tells us it all. And sometimes you read through it and you're like, whoa. I'm, when Think about the message Brother Caleb preached on, uh, on Sunday night. And in some of that, it, you know, sometimes it just makes you uncomfortable to think about some of the things that the Bible portrays. But God puts that in Scripture and he is very clear about the, the failings and, and the right choices of man. I think about Moses' murder. He murdered that, that Egyptian taskmaster. And what did he do? He looked this way and that way and that way, but he didn't look up. And he, he, he failed to remember God is watching me in this moment. And God is very honest about this. In fact, if you think that it's just about uh, uh, heroic stories, many times uh, if we were to write a heroic story, we would not put the blemishes of that hero in the story. I've been, uh, I've been reading, uh, listening to a lot of history about some of the institutions uh, uh, in our government and how, how they came to be, in particular about the FBI and, and uh, J. Edgar Hoover. And I'm very, very intrigued by, um, by uh, his, his, uh, how he, just as a, as a man, uh, sought to portray himself and uh, many times he wanted to be the, the hero of the story, the Americans, America's top cop. And, uh, and how, how, how many lengths he went to portray himself in a, in a, in a very, very positive way. And I, I think that when we write stories about ourselves, we want, we want it to look good. But God writes a story, and he shows the blemishes as well as the successes. And you think about David and his adultery and, and subsequent murder, and it's an amazing thing. And, and so the Bible's not essentially a book about inspiring, inspiring heroic stories. Uh, it's more than that. God it has a bigger, pic, uh, a bigger goal in mind. And I want us to think about this. The Bible is not just a, comp a compilation of isolated verses and stories. Um, when I encourage people, and you know this, uh, you don't just open up your Bible and this is where I'm going to read today. Uh, that, that's going to that's gonna cause all sorts of trouble, right? Uh, you read through the Bible. It's not just in a, a compilation of isolated verses and stories. Uh, no, it is all put together 
comprising one master narrative. Every story, every line, every verse is, is part of it. You get close to a screen, especially the old screens. You can't hardly, on these new, on these new on devices, you can't get close enough to see the pixels. But if you get close enough even to the screens that are here, uh, here in the auditorium, uh, you're going to start to see pixels. That's, that's what it's like. But all, every pixel makes a beautiful picture, you know, the bigger hole. And that's exactly what the Bible is. And you get down into it, get down into the trees, and you, you see different things, and you see, oh, boy, that person acted this way, and how does that verse fit in? It, 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 it is all these pieces fitting into a bigger picture, and that picture is God's grand redemption, but we'll see that in a moment. So I, uh, I was considering this even a little bit more. Um, you open up a book, and you read one sentence out of the center of a book, and uh, it doesn't often make sense. Take this sentence, for instance. Uh, this was a real blow to me because my brother and I had been a great team as we supported each other in serving the Lord. And, you know, some people read the Bible that way. Well, what in the world does that mean? No, the Bible is not a, just a, a compilation of, of, of isolated verses. Now, in the bigger picture, this book is, is forward in the face of fear, my life for Christ in the Muslim world, an autobiography of, of missionary Edgar Figali. Uh, the part of the, uh, the story that he was talking about is when his, his brother felt that it would be best for his family to move out of Lebanon for safety. Boy, it was a blow to him. He continued on, and the Lord continued to give protection, and he didn't hold that against his brother, but uh, it, it, it was a blow. It was, it was a discouragement uh, to him in, in that moment, but it fits into the bigger picture once you know the story. But just taking the sentence, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. How important the bigger story is. So the Bible is not just uh, essentially a, a book of uh, 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 inspiring heroic stories. It, it, it's a much bigger bigger um, bigger story number six the bible is not essentially about you and what you should do you know many times we have a, a a thought process that that everything revolves around me the bible doesn't revolve around me and aren't you thankful that god didn't create it that way uh, the bible's not essentially about you it's not essentially about what you should do. The Bible is not merely a book that presents right living. It is a book that presents the, the answers for our wrong living. But it's not, it's not essentially about me. It is about something much greater than me. Number seven, the Bible is not essentially answers for our personal or social problems. Um, it is much better bigger than that. I hope that you under, uh, you're grabbing hold of that as we uh, think through these. The Bible's not essentially answers to our questions. Again, much bigger than that. Uh, the Bible is, does include, and it does hit on many of these things that we've, just, that we've talked about. But I want you to think about this. The Bible is profitable in these ways, but infinitely more than these. Think about the, the uh, passage of Scripture that Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse, or 3 and verse number 14. He says this to Timothy, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. The things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I want you to continue in these things. And he says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. 
And then he says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's profitable. It's, it's helpful. It's nourishing. It, it's needful for you for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God, you, the woman of God, the child of God, may be perfect, may be mature, truly furnished unto all good works. So the Bible is profitable in many of the areas that we've mentioned, but it's not essentially all about that. What did Paul say? Hey, you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, which is through faith in Christ Jesus. It's all about him. And so as we go through the Bible, you know, you take an assembly uh, guide for some piece of furniture. I, uh, as, a, as a kid, we went to Sauter's Village. Have any of you ever been there up in, I believe it's here in Ohio? Sauter's Village is no old pioneer village. No, nothing you've been to, Brother Greg? Uh, Connor's Prairie, does anyone recognize that? I think that's over in Indiana. Anyway, where I get, got my first shave was at Sauter's Village in the barber shop. They use a straight razor. And uh, he gave me a choice. I remember the barber being funny. I think it was 10 years of age being funny. He says, this is for the women and this is for the guys. Which one do you want to choose? And then he gave me the women's, you know, he's just being all goofy. And uh, anyway, uh, if you go into uh, some of the department stores, I think they're still sold, the solder furniture. And it's basically uh, sawdust glued together, press board, you know what I mean, and you have to assemble it. But you open up one of those things, and it's, a, it's the test of your sanctification as you try to put together one of these pieces of furniture. And uh, you don't want to over-tighten because you might break it. And sometimes those assembly guides seem very confusing. And sometimes you doubt whether the, um, the, the writer of that assembly guide actually got it right. You know, is this part really supposed to go with this piece that doesn't look right? But you know, when we open up the Word of God, we can know that it's entirely true. We can doubt assembly guides. But we know that the Word of God is entirely true. Not just part of the time, absolutely true. And it's trustworthy and it's absolutely authoritative. It's unbreakable. The word of God will not be broken. God says till every jot. Do you know what a jot is? What a tittle is? It's the smallest elements of the Hebrew alphabet. It's like our I. It's like the crossing of our T. It's the small. It's a small little bit. In fact, a little bit smaller as I understand it in the Hebrew alphabet. And, and God is saying it, it, it's not. It's not. It, it's the smallest part. It's not even going to pass away until all be fulfilled. And so what the Bible is not is, is these things, but what is the Bible? Let's look at that. Let, what is the Bible? It is a narrative. Now, you'll notice me catching myself from time to time in sermons. I'm trying to retrain my brain because oftentimes I talk about the stories in Scripture, but I, I, so often we, we, we refer to stories and we, we doubt whether they're true or not. Is this a fiction story? But when we talk about a narrative, we're talking about an account, something that actually happened. And so it is a narrative. It's a narrative, and, and we can ask these, uh, these questions, and, and, and it answers these questions, who God is, uh, what he's doing, who I am, why I'm here. Does not the world wonder why it's here? Even as they embrace evolution and, 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 uh, and wonder about our existence, it seems like it's just everywhere we look, every, every zoo you walk through is a refreshing thing to walk through the Ark Encounter or the Creation Museum and see inside of a museum that is a class act, uh, things that point to creation and the truth of that. But people are asking, why am I here? Where is this all going? When I die, do I just... Stay in there in the grave. What happens? Where is this all going? The Bible is a narrative that answers all these, all these questions and, and more. Uh, 
Little Red Riding Hood, the old, uh, the old story. Uh, you could take this quote from the book, Little Red Riding Hood took goodies to her grandma. You know, that's, that's just an isolated, uh, isolated piece of information. But if you go a little bit further, Little Red Riding Hood uh, left, uh, left to take cookies uh, to her grandma, and the big bad wolf was hiding out to devour her. There's more information packed in there. It's a, it's a narrative that begins to paint the picture of what exactly happened. Little Red Riding Hood took goodies to her grandma. It doesn't tell you when. doesn't tell you what, what was happening along the way. Uh, some purpose uh, in that. Uh, the Bible is a narrative. It tells us so much information about who God is, what he's doing, who I am, where it's all going, what's going to happen. You know what? The world doesn't know. They have no hope for the future, right? They don't. Uh, they think this is all. The world is living in fear right now. Many people, even as you think about this, and may this just uh, give us compassion in our hearts, even as you think about the, how we're in the middle of pandemic, and you might have different, uh, different feelings about that, uh, but you know the world is in fear because they don't, they don't know, they don't have hope. And so they operate, and they're driven by fear. You know, the Bible talks to us about what happens after death. The Bible talks about him being our healer. The Bible talks about the Lord's protection. The Bible talks about the fact that we don't have to be in fear in our lives. And so the Bible is a, a narrative that gives us information that we need to, to go through this life. It's a narrative that God has written for us. I want to read a little bit of a, a lengthy, a lengthy uh, quote from uh, this book, Jesus' Story, uh, the Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. Some people think the Bible is a book of rules, telling you what you should and shouldn't do. The Bible certainly does have rules in it. The, um, they show you uh, how life works best. The, the Bible isn't mainly about you and, and what you should be doing. It's about God and what he has done. Other people think that the Bible is a book of heroes, showing you people who you should copy. The Bible does have some heroes in it as we'll find out as we read through it and what great stories those are. But most, most of the people in the Bible are not heroes at all. They make some big mistakes, don't they? Think about Peter. Sometimes on purpose. They get afraid and run away like a Jonah. At times, they're downright mean. Think about that. Sarah with uh, Hagar, downright mean. Uh, she tells her, her, uh, her uh, handmaid to, uh, to, uh, to be with uh, Abraham and then mistreats her horribly. At times uh, in, uh, going on, no, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a, a book of heroes. The, the Bible is most of all a story, a narrative. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the ones he loves. It's like the most wonderful fairy tale that, that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is it is true. The, there is a lot of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story, the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It uh, takes the whole Bible to tell the story, and the center of the story, there is a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He is like the missing piece in the puzzle, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together, and suddenly there is a beautiful picture when you see it through the, the, the lens of Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing. 
when you look at the story of David and Goliath, if it's all about you, then the story of David and Goliath tells me that I need to go out and fight my giants. But when you think of David as, as the deliverer who all alone goes up against, uh, against those that he, uh, have held uh, his people in bondage, and how he, how he wins that victory through the power of the Lord, you, uh, you see it a little bit differently, even how that, um, that David portrays uh, Christ in that moment of winning that great victory that seems so impossible. Abraham and Isaac, it's all about you, the moral, the story of on top of the, on, on top of the, on top of the uh, mountain there of uh, Mount Moriah is you need to be willing to give up everything. Yeah, there's, there's truth in that. Abraham needed to be able to give up everything uh, to God. And the Bible says that now I know you fear me because you, were, you withheld not even your son back from me. But if the story is about God, then the story is that God would come to earth and make himself a lamb that one day his son would walk another hill with another piece of wood on his back and become a sacrifice for all mankind. Everything points to Jesus Christ. And so as you read through the Bible, you want to be looking at it through the lens of Jesus Christ. It is a grand redemptive story. So the Bible is also God's message, his wisdom to me, explaining explaining everything I need to know for life and eternity. In fact, J.I. Packer said it this way, Scripture is God preaching. Scripture is God preaching. It is, the, uh, the Bible is the greatest sermon. It's God's sermon to me. So when I read it, I'm not just, I'm not just looking to, to get my verses done and get my, my, uh, my, uh, my, my schedule checked off. I'm, I'm looking, I'm in the word of God to allow God to preach his word to me, to preach to me and to apply it into my life. One man put it this way, three foundational theological foundational ministries of God's word is this God has spoken it uh, it is written and we preach Christ it's all about what God is communicating to us it's God's message to us and look how many times in the in the Bible I was I was telling somebody in discipleship yesterday how many times in the Bible uh, it says the Lord hath said the Lord has said and even with uh, with Moses uh, God said it now write this down what an amazing thing. Uh, these are underpinnings to our understanding of Scripture. It's a message uh, from God to us. Uh, number three, the Bible is God's revelation of, his, uh, of himself to humanity. It's a progressive revelation that's all concluded now, but he progressively was revealing himself to us. And aren't you thankful he gave it to us in a book? The Bible tells us that no man has seen God and lived, right? Someday we'll see him face to face. But can you imagine if the revelation was in person? We could not stand it, right? Um, even, even the brightness that the, the, the light of God that illuminated Moses as he came down off the mount was too much for the children of Israel. Remember what they did to him? Put a, a veil over his face. And what an amazing thing. But God gave us the revelation of himself in a book. Uh, number four, the Bible is God's expression of love for us. So misconstrued in our society. But it is essentially, when you see it as a whole, when you aren't just seeing a pixel, right? That's what people, God's holy and he hates sin. And that's all they see about God. But they, in the grand scheme of it, it is the story of love towards us. The offended creator of all mankind stepping out of 
heaven to come down and rescue and reconcile a lost and wayward creation back to himself. What an amazing God it is that is expressing himself to us. And he over and over throughout scripture, he's saying, I love you. Think about just the fact that he, he delivered his own in, uh, out of Egypt, the bondage that they were in. They, they were struggling under the, 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 the weight of work there in Egypt and the slavery to the, uh, to the Pharaoh. And God in love reaches down. That's the picture of that. It's the same picture of God in, in our salvation, rescuing us out of of the slave, uh, uh, slavehood to the world, and, uh, and, and it's a ruthless taskmaster, is it not? People that have, uh, have uh, spent time in the world and, and following the ways of the world know, know, they know so very well how, how ruthless Satan is as a taskmaster. The Bible is a love story, and it's an expression of love to us from God. The Bible is a book that's all about Jesus. And this is where I really want to just come down to tonight as we'd wrap this up. It's a book all about Jesus. That's essentially what it's about. Um, when we look at the calendar, everything divides at Jesus. The Bible, the, the, the climax of the story, the, everything was pointing towards the cross. And everything flows from the cross everything leads up to the cross and it flows from the cross in scripture what an amazing thing god's grand story is a narrative that shows us who god is and what he is doing in time and eternity through the person of the lord jesus christ think about this when when jesus gave the the story the illustration about the wise man that built his house upon the rock what was he talking about we learned at the beginning of the year that jesus christ is that rock Everything is based on him. And he says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken them unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. As you think, uh, if we understand that, that the story is all about Jesus, we can begin to understand our place in the middle of that story, our place in the timeline. What is God doing in the world? It's all about Jesus, and how do I fit into that? I think about Ephesians 1 and verse number 15, wherefore, Paul's saying, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, seats not to thank, uh, give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of knowledge in him. How do you fit into the grand story of the Bible? It's how you, the way you fit into the story of the Bible is how you fit into Christ. The eyes, verse 18, of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? And then Ephesians 2 and verse number 4, I really love this passage. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy, who uh, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show forth the, on the exceeding riches of his grace and in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I fit into him, and that's how I fit into the story of what he's doing in the world. And how I fit into the story of the Bible. So what the, story, um, the Bible is not, 
well, we've gone through many things, but what this, um, the Bible is, it's essentially a story and narrative that God has revealed to us in love about Jesus Christ. So as you read through, look for Jesus Christ in the pages of Scripture. Look in the Old Testament for how everything points to Christ. And isn't it amazing as you read through the Gospels how many times it says it, it was written that it might be fulfilled, what was said in the prophets. Over and over, God's reminding us it was all about Jesus. All along the way, it's all about Jesus. Now, next week, we'll learn about the grand storyline because really there's, there's, there's a storyline that, that, that spans across the scriptures that we can break down into several points that will help us to understand the Bible as a whole. And so uh, that's what I wanted to communicate with you tonight, and I, I uh, encourage you to hold on to your lesson outlines, and we'll um, pick it back up next week. But thank God for the Bible. Thank God for the Bible. And thank God that he hasn't centered it all around fickle humanity. That it's all around the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And every time we come into it, we can learn of him. And uh, do you know what the Bible says? When we come unto him, uh, we that labor and are heavy laden, uh, when we come to him, when we come to him, we can find rest to our souls. And so keep studying Keep digging into the Word of God and allow Jesus Christ to be seen uh, in your life as you see him in the pages of Scripture. Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you for how that you uh, were so very careful uh, to give it to us in such a, a, a strong way, in a undoubtable way. Thank you for, Lord, how that it doesn't have contradiction in it. Uh, Lord, how you used holy men of God that were born along by the Holy Spirit of God to, uh, to write down the words that you gave them. And thank you for how that has been verified over and over and over again. Thank you that we can trust your word. And thank you, Lord, that you've revealed the Lord Jesus Christ in the pages of Scripture. Help us to search for him daily. Help us to seek for him with all of our hearts inside the pages of this book. And we love you, Lord, and thank you for the opportunity to be together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information about Grace Baptist Church, please visit our website at gracebaptistofkettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.